The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into the show. Happy to have you here. Five minutes past the ten o'clock hour on this beautiful day in Columbia, Tennessee. Supposed to be um, cloudy a little bit today, so I'm not really mad about it. It's going to give us a little bit of. Of course, today it gives us a little bit of uh, shade from the sun. Not yesterday. Wouldn't that? <laughs> you could have used that shade, huh? Could have used a little. Goodness, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. I think we need to uh, let, let's let's get into what we're talking about here pretty quick because mm-hmm. we got we got several things we really need to get to in this particular segment. Uh, the first being women's basketball. Uh, former Vandy coach Stephanie White has been dismissed, obviously, as per the former uh, part of that title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we mentioned this on yesterday's show after it came across that, um, when we say came across, we saw it on Twitter during yesterday's show that Coy Love was going to be the third starter off of this team that opted out of the season sometime in January but would have been the third starter off of this 2021 team. That's 2020-2021 team to have transferred and would have been the ninth player to transfer in Stephanie White's five-year tenure. So I think we mentioned that briefly on yesterday's show. Soon after that, the news came down that Stephanie White had been dismissed. So um, the... The transfer portal has been quite busy for Vanderbilt women's basketball players under Stephanie White. Um, Among the players that they've lost during her tenure are four players who have gone on and started in other Division I programs, Um, a couple of all-SEC freshmen, one of whom, Akira Levy from Upperman, never played for Vanderbilt. She was an all-SEC freshman pick at Missouri, transferred to Vanderbilt, sat out a year, and then left before actually playing. Um, One was an all-Atlantic 10, 
selection, and this all from um, from Adam Sparks of the Tennessean um, coverage of this um, episode over the last couple of days. So, you know, and the, the the thing about it is, Stephanie White was hired after Melanie Balcom's departure over some similar situations, some roster attrition that was virtually inexplicable and trying to kind of stop the, the roster, the personnel bleeding. They made that move and it's been more of the same. And so hopefully whoever the next person is, and this will be a pretty important hire, I think from the standpoint that Candace Story Lee, the athletics director played basketball at Vanderbilt. So this is going to be a situation and a hire that's obviously pretty near and dear to her heart and certainly one that they want to try to get right. Um, in White's five seasons, two of the performances were the two worst in Vanderbilt history. They had back-to-back seven-win seasons. And, you know, there were times when women's basketball was really, really what Vanderbilt hung its hat on. So – it's going to be pretty important to get this one right, and I'll be interested to see who some of the names are that are connected with it and what direction they wind up going in. I am as well. I think, as you said, Candace Story Lee will certainly make this a priority in her uh, her next few days. I think this hire is going to be more difficult than than, than, say, football because of all the players you don't have. Um, Perhaps those players who have not landed somewhere, maybe this keeps them from jumping. Uh, We did see some players at Tennessee come back following – the uh, dismissal of Jeremy Pruitt mm-hmm. football program, so that could be a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, en- entering the entering the transfer portal does not guarantee that you're leaving. But how yeah. how much can you leverage the recent three hundred million deal? You know, that's a good question because I'm not. Sh- I mean, I think the basketball facilities I, I don't know I, i've not been down there in a while i've not had a whole lot of contact with a whole lot of folks i don't know if basketball was necessarily thought to be an issue in terms of needed upgrades and that type of thing so but it is getting some upgrades right? i think the uh the basketball ops center, which it says dedicated practice courts, weight room, locker rooms, offices, and more. So I'm not sure how much of that is player related and how much of that is coach slash administration related. So in terms of leveraging that in a coaching search, I don't know necessarily. I would have to say dedicated practice courts is a big deal. I mean, I, I don't know how many courts they have at Vanderbilt right now. I don't know when the mm-hmm. men practice versus the women. But, like, at 
at Huntington at the D three school that had no money. We had one gym and we practiced. Well, we, they have it a, was like it was like varsity basketball. You just practiced before or after each other. Mm-hmm. They have obviously the gym floor and Memorial. Memorial Gym, the game floor. They have one floor other than that, which is a you know clearly a practice floor. Um, to my knowledge, I'm not sure that they have any more than the two floors. I'm but, curious if this allows them to have dedicated practice floors with a locker room adjoining the practice facility so that they don't have to dress one place, walk to another, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a positive for both players and coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess the leverage would be, please understand that we are focusing on athletics as a whole mm-hmm. here at Vanderbilt uh, to, you know, rising tide type thing. Sure. Sure. Um, Adam's got an article up this morning um, mentioning some potential replacements, as is always the case when you have an opening like this. And one that's a little fascinating is Jenny Busek, um, who is currently an assistant coach with the Dallas Mavericks of the NBA, um, became the third woman to serve as an NBA assistant. Um, played her high school basketball at University School of Nashville and um, played collegiately at Virginia. May have been a teammate of Dawn Staley's at Virginia, for what that's worth. But um, So her name is being mentioned. Also, Belmont coach Bart Brooks. Um, both insults mentioned in Adam's article, Matt and Rick, the – assistant and head coach at Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Former Belmont coach Cameron Neubauer, who has struggled at Florida. Uh, Current Louisville and former Vanderbilt assistant Stephanie Norman. Uh, Tennessee Tech coach Kim Rosamond is mentioned as a potential replacement. She was a... um, Vanderbilt assistant with Balkum, I believe. So, obviously, there are some names, and and there will be other names that'll be, you know, thrown about. Um, it's going to be an interesting hire, I think, because you know the SEC has long been a hotbed for women's basketball, obviously. Not sure that that's necessarily the case right now. But, again, this is something that Vanderbilt has hung its hat on for a long time, and getting back to that won't be an easy task, I don't think. But they've certainly got to get this coaching hire right in order to do that. Especially not in the SEC as we know it right now. The SEC women's basketball is very, very good So as a whole. Good luck is what I say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that's the best way to put it. Um, let's move along. Cause again, we have so much to talk about. Uh, want to mention our sister station at 1105 today. We'll pick up the Atlanta Braves at first pitch. Uh, they are playing at Washington. It's a double header on 103.7. Uh, yesterday it, no bueno. Well, there were some positives. The, the, the negative of the four home runs were that nobody was on base when they were hit, and that's unfortunate, mainly because one was a leadoff, the other was two batters later, and then the next was 
two batters later. Say all your positives happened in the first inning. First three innings. First three innings. Um, Hit three home runs in the first two innings. And then another in the third when Ronnie went yard again. Uh, His He just absolutely destroys Max Scherzer. Uh, But, again, the bullpen a little concerning because A.J. Minter and Will Will Smith, they really like to put people on base before they start pitching well. And, unfortunately, when you put people on base, even if you start pitching well, they typically come around to score at some point. In in bullpen situations, yeah. Um, My concern was – you know, you saw Tyler Matzik for the third time in six games, and I wonder if that was a little much for him in retrospect because, you know, while he threw well early in his appearance, he struggled in the latter part of that appearance yesterday. I don't think he wound up giving up any runs. I don't think his run scored, but still little little crack in the early armor there, I think. Um Let's but, let's try to take this positive as we can, okay? Mm-hmm. Because again, the Braves are zero and four on the year. That's fine. Whatever, it's two percent of the one hundred sixty-two games. Drew Smiley, the sure. Braves' number four pitcher, went toe to toe with the Washington Which, Nationals ace. Yep. So, and 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 was winning when he left the game. And and the Braves <laughs> hit the Washington Nationals ace. That's correct. So, I, again. We've, we I, have faced Aaron Nola, Max Scherzer, and um, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler in three of the four games that we've played. So, let's calm down. <laughs> let's. You I, said we wouldn't face Aaron Nola four, uh, 162 I, times. Well, we've faced basically him three times. What's up, man? This is your fault. Yeah, I lied yet again. <laughs> um, don't trust me. No, <laughs> Um I'm not panicking. No, I don't. I don't feel like I. I just kind of like to win a game. That's all. Just get that off her back. Let's get that first one. Yeah, and I think they got a. They got two chances to do it today. Uh, you will see some interesting pitching matchups because again, our four went against their one. Well, their three is going to go against our one. So, yeah. So. But both of them are seven inning games, which is perfect for our one versus their three. <laughs> sure, yeah, because we might mess around and get seven innings out of out our of one. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll see how that goes today. It's going to be fun. Uh, speaking of teams that that needed that that started slow and ramped up, the Nashville Predators win again. They are eight and two in their last ten, and ten and two in their last twelve. Uh, they currently sit in the fourth spot in uh, the Central Division, which is a playoff spot. They are they have forty three points on the year. Um, continue to be perfect in shootouts after a shootout win last night over the last place Red Wings. Um, two points ahead of the Blackhawks. This is a team that is playing its best hockey at the right time. And they have a chance. Now, they're not going to get... Again, the Lightning, who sit at third in the division, are 11 points ahead. So so they're not going to catch them. You're probably not catching them. You're probably... You're fighting for that fourth spot. They do play the Lightning 
on uh, Thursday, not Thursday. They play the Lightning Saturday. Saturday. Um, they get the Red Wings again tomorrow. Lightning on Saturday. So we'll see. I mean, you're going to need some help. But even going in as the four or the eight overall is not a bad thing. This is interesting. So they play the Lightning. They play the Lightning Saturday. According to the schedule I'm looking at, they play the Stars Sunday, mm-hmm. and then they play the Lightning again on Tuesday. And this is all at Bridgestone. Yes, it's gonna be a t- it's gonna be a tough uh, four days, <laughs> no doubt. Um, and and it doesn't. You really need to get that Stars win. You need to get that Stars win. By the way, the Stars uh, sitting at seventh in the division, but have a plus one. Uh, goal differential. They've lost ten times in overtime. They're thirteen and fourteen on the year with ten overtime losses. Uh, so, <laughs> snake bit. That's tough. That's tough. But yeah, so you do need to get that stars win. You need to get one of the two against the the Lightning. The Hurricanes are with the Hurricanes, man. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, but at least you get the Blackhawks three in a row, a team that you've swept so far this season. So, and it's. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a uh, it's going to be a, a a sprint to the finish. Uh, Preds playing for that fourth and final playoff spot in the Central Division. Mm. This is a good team, though. They've gotten so much better. It's it's and they've played better without Philip Forsberg. It's interesting how they've caught fire here of late and. <laughs> you have to wonder if if it is, you know, the lack of preseason and everything else that you didn't have because of the pandemic and with the new additions to the roster, if it's just taken them this long to figure each other out? Or certainly makes sense. It is a valid point. I can s- for me, I say, yeah, I think that's probably what it was. Because, again, our goalies have been fantastic. They just haven't had any help mm-hmm. on the defensive end. Uh, I haven't got to watch them much or you know, listen to them a lot, but would it be you know one of the things with Forsberg out that the others have kind of elevated their game under, you know, with him in, they kind of let him take the show a little bit, even though, it, it, yes, it is a team sport. They kind of lean on him to to put well, the show. Now, the, now that he's out, okay, all of us have to pick up and and, and something similar, very very similar happened with, with with Tennessee Vols football team. You know, they had Peyton for all this time, and they always relied on him. He goes out the very next year, the whole team elevates because they realize they don't have the one bell cow to do things, and they go off and win a national championship because they all elevated. I think, they didn't have this one guy. Maybe you know it. Philip Forsberg is the only person on the team who can handle the puck consistently. Yeah. Period. Just a thought. That's you know, just, that's the and, bottom and, line. Yeah. Um, that being said, I I don't know. They did get Yossi back, so it it's just hard to figure out the psyche that's involved here. Mm-hmm. But but bottom line is they're, they're playing, playing some well. great hockey right now. Yeah. They're playing well, and I did not expect it. No, no. I, early in the year, I was like, all right, well, we're just not going to talk very much Preds this year, so right. cool. <laughs> I don't have to watch a lot of hockey, but now here we are. All right, we got to take a break because we got to talk Masters coming up tomorrow. It's going to be a beautiful day. 
Um, but we will talk with Virgil Herring on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We are excited to be here 27 minutes past the hour on this hump day edition as we are preparing for the beautiful grounds of Augusta National. It won't be nearly as colorful as last year's event as it took place in the fall with some leaves changing and whatnot colors, but certainly going to be worth watching and paying attention. So, and it threatens to be wet. Could be, could be, um, weather should be interesting. Um, but to give us a little bit of insight on what we can expect at the Masters, we have Director of Golf at Ensworth School, Mr. Virgil Herring on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Virgil, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. How are we doing today? We're doing well, Virgil. Appreciate you taking a little time with us. Um wanted to ask you, because clearly you are the most knowledgeable of anybody with a mic right now on this but um before i ask you who you like uh, there's a 60 percent chance of rain on friday and a 70 percent chance on saturday in augusta according to my phone uh what impact would you expect that to have on whoever you think has the best shot at this thing well if it's wet and it like it's a substantial amount of rain the players who can carry the ball the longest have a huge advantage because there won't be any roll. And the people who then who do hit the ball the longest, and as long as it's in play, of course, we're dealing with professionals, so most of them will be in play. They'll be able to come in with uh, irons that are coming in very high, and they'll stop quickly. And that'll also be benefited by wet greens. Now, they do have the sub-air system, which can suck the water right out of the greens. But even if they do, all things being equal, the player who's hitting nine iron has a gigantic advantage over the player hitting six iron just due to the average proximity to the hole that they would hit it uh, with that club. So with the wetter it gets, 
the obviously the the tee shots, even if they're errant, sit down quicker. So the the longer player has a distinct advantage when it's wet, just because of the distance, the the carry distance issue that makes a big difference in how close they can hit it to the hole. So this benefits DeChambeau then? Uh, well, the, the difference between DeChambeau and, let's say, Justin Thomas, Brooks Koepka, or DJ is that historically, and it can change, and certainly DeChambeau has demonstrated that he can, just not consistently. He is not the greatest iron player. And Augusta National requires ridiculous precision of yardage to certain areas to be able to keep it close to the hole. Now, he's obviously, no, we're not discounting the fact that DeChambeau can, but he certainly didn't even come close to doing it in November. And he can say that he was sick, but he also has demonstrated that he really dominates the par fives and he really has a huge advantage when there's high rough because of his strength and how he swings. And that's very technical. But just understanding that the, how the angle of the golf club comes into the ground, his is more vertical than almost everybody. So he has a huge advantage out of the rough. But there's essentially no real rough at Augusta National. So I would ref, I would say that I'd be more apt to be concerned about Justin Thomas and DJ because they are unbelievably precise with their iron play, and they hit the ball, you know, relatively close to as far as Bryson does, unless Bryson, like, absolutely 100% one, then he hits it 35 yards. But you can't predict that he's going to do that for four straight days. He might do it once a day. But to consider that, I, I would. that's why I say he, everything has to go right for Bryson to win, in my opinion, because of, his iron play is not nearly as precise as JT and, and D- Dustin Johnson. When, I mean, when you're talking about the folks who we need to pay attention to, obviously Dustin Johnson, like you said, is world's number one reigning champion. Um, but in the most recent PGA outing, there was a a streak that ended, and Jordan Spieth now, once again, being in talks for uh, for a potential Masters championship again. Well, I think that he's definitely one of the favorites. He's one of my top two selections. Now, it's hard to win back-to-back. I mean, it's so mentally and emotionally exhausting to win a PGA Tour event, let alone being a former number one player who was, even in his own head, was starting to wonder if he was ever going to come back again. The emotion of that victory, I call it like a, a professional crossroads. Is that emotion going to continue to fuel him? Or is it like a sigh of relief and there's a fraction of a letdown because, okay, I'm, I'm back. But the golf course sets up so well for him, and I will throw in the Augusta National effect. If you can't get excited to play Augusta National, you've got a big problem. So I expect him to be in the mix. I won't be surprised at all if he wins. And it's because his game suits and he's a very good iron player. I think he's underrated as, a, as an iron player, but he is definitely not underrated as a wedge, a chipper, pitcher, and putter of the ball. He might be, he's top five all time and he might be the very best in the world right now at it. So if he drives the golf ball any kind of good and he has a, just an average iron week, 
he's going to be in it with five holes to play. You can bank on that. Well, I, I certainly think that's that's what we or that's what I expect. I expected to see you know Jordan Spieth, Rory, uh, Dustin Johnson, etc. The only two people that I'm that that I'm really concerned about uh, personally is um, Justin Thomas, former uh, Alabama um, golfer, and it, any chance that he has uh, the opportunity to finish in the top ten, maybe win this thing. Oh, I think he's, he's the other person that I'm looking at. I think that J- Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth are the two in my in my picture, like the two people that I expect to be duking out at the end. Now, there's a host of spectacular players that can win it for sure. I think if Brooks Kepka's knee is in good shape, Brooks Kepka's in that mix. And I, I I've been talking about this a lot lately. When people are playing for something bigger than themselves. They are very dangerous. John Rahm just had his first child. You can't believe how many people win their first or second event after their first child is born because it is such a life-changing event. John Rahm is possibly the best player in the world who hasn't won a major. And it seems to me that he could be a very dangerous player this week because He's noted for having a hot temper, and he can. And the golf course itself can make you kind of lose your mind because good shots can go bad in a hurry. But he'll have a different level of purpose while he's out there for the first time in his life. And I expect him to be dangerous. The person that I don't feel is a threat is Rory, and he's my favorite golfer in the world. But his swing and mine are in massive disarray because he's not hitting it anywhere close to what he's looking at. And it's too early in a swing change or a swing coach for me to believe that he is even, I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced that he's even going to make the cut, but obviously it'd be my favorite thing to hear Rory McIlroy win, complete the career grand slam, per, per, certainly cement him into the top six or seven players I've ever played the game, which is what I hope that one day he deservedly gets. But this year just doesn't seem to fit my eyeball for him. The only thing that could make me change my mind is the fact that his expectations and the pressure that he's putting on himself to complete the Grand Slam will be diminished so much because of how poorly he has been hitting it that he actually just plays golf and could actually do it. But I, I'm so concerned about how well how he's driving the golf ball. His wedge play is embarrassingly bad for a professional at this point. Wow. Um, we are speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Virgil Herring, Director of Golf at the Innsworth School. And... Um, the best golf expert that I can get a hold of, but um, certainly love to listen to him, um, love his insight. And Virgil, you know, love him or hate him, Tiger Woods moves the needle. Uh, the fact that he's not available for this field, what do you think that does to the interest level this week? Well, let's, let's first start every single day. I have two people to thank for my job. One is David Ledbetter because he invented the teaching position, and the other is Tiger Woods because he elevated every every part of the game to a point that could be studied 
and his greatness is unparalleled. So every day I wake up thanking both of those gentlemen for my job because I'm able to do something that I love to do and get paid to do it. Tiger Woods missing the Masters, it's not the first time he's missed the Masters, and the Masters uh, is possibly the only event that can withstand the loss of Tiger, not really lose viewership or importance, but the players recognize it. And after the the most magnificent victory, the greatest comeback in the history of sport, in my opinion, with his victory in 2019, just the mere fact that he could have won another major tying Jack's record for the six Masters, breaking Sam Snead's record for the most victories of all time, and what could have been another epically magical moment is missed. Uh, so the, the player is missing. He'll definitely be missed, and it might add, it might detract 0.5 off the ratings. But at the end of the day, what we're really missing is the iconic. Uh, greatness, the virtuoso, the artistry of the greatest golfer that's ever lived. And I don't mean that Jack Nicholas isn't the greatest champion because he holds the most records, but nobody's ever played the game like Tiger played it. And to know that at any given week, he could still put it together and what it would mean to the history books, what it would mean to him, and what it would mean to golf, it's a big loss. But at the end of the day, I'm more concerned about the fact that He's severely injured. Uh, the injuries, from what I understand from the doctors that I've talked to, there's a bone in his ankle that was completely destroyed, uh, almost crushed into hundreds of pieces. And it's a very important bone for the mobility of the foot. And that might be the ultimate of the difficulties for him coming back on top of the fact that they had to cut through his entire leg muscles to reduce the swelling because it was actually acting as a tourniquet and cutting off the circulation to the point where they were concerned about having to amputate his leg. Um, that's a big deal. And I don't know if we'll ever see Tiger play again. So it's, in some ways, it's beautiful that our one of our last memories of him is the greatest comeback of all time and one of the most beautiful stories of redemption that there's ever been. But we'll also be cheated out of the possibilities of all of the, the last possible things that we could have seen from the greatest player of all time. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to try to lighten the mood a little because that's and it's it. You're right. It's heartbreaking because there are so many things we could have seen and probably would have seen over the next ten, fifteen years from Tiger. So, <clears throat> coming off of the Baylor Men's Basketball Championship, Jackson Moffitt's mullet <clears throat> has made some headlines. And I'm curious if uh, mullet man Cameron Smith might uh, might take some of that magic and uh, take his mullet and win the Masters. Could you imagine a guy with a mullet winning the Masters, Virgil? We need a mullet and the cheesy stash on top. You know, I mean, he got the cheesy stash. <laughs> he got the too, Timmy stash know, but... and the Jackson Moffat mullet. <laughs> Brutal. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, here's how I look at a player like Cameron Smith. And this is what makes golf so interesting and what I try to help people pass pass on when it comes to understanding what we're getting ready to see. The Masters to nearly everybody is the most important victory of their life. The weight of victory weighs on their on most people's psyches because most people are human enough to recognize that they're getting close to achieving a lifetime goal. And when they look up in what I call the rearview mirror, 
it takes them out of the moment. Not many people are able to keep their head down until they cross the finish line. If Cameron Smith wins, it will be because he finishes five groups ahead of the leaders and shoots 65. He will not win in the final group with DJ, Kepka, Spieth, JT, Rory, Cantlay, any one of these big players mm-hmm. that have a great track record there. He is not winning with them in their group. But he could win if he's three shots back going into the final days, five groups ahead, of, and he gets to sit and watch other people have to navigate his score. Yes. I do not see him winning outright and just like strangling it away from the elite of the elite who have proven time and time again to be able to close it on the big moment. But he would look good. That mullet stash <laughs> with a green jacket. Dear Lord. That would be that that would be the next thing you know, next thing you know, we'll have to have a soundtrack and be like poison and cheap trick via the soundtrack for the Masters victory. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Was, there's an image right there. There's, there's, a, there's an image, the mullet, the mustache, and the green jacket. Vir, Virgil Herring, director of golf at the Ensworth School, um, sharing some insight as we get ready for, for the Masters beginning tomorrow. Um, Virgil, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Well, it's been an honor to be on your show. Thank you very much for all the kind words, and I uh, look forward to coming on anytime you ask me. Thank you, sir. That was um. Have a great, have a great day. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. That's Virgil Herring um, here with us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, talking to little masters. It's that time of year, Chris. When he meant, when he mentioned John Rom, you know, and playing for something bigger than yourself, I was thinking, hey, maybe we should clean up Chris's clubs. <laughs> yeah. So funny story. I went to Top Golf on Sunday. Uh did not. Did not score well, shot well, um, but there are certain bays at Top Golf that you can't score from, and one of them is the far right end bay on the first level. That's where I was at. So, in order to hit the way that it's set up, you have to like position your body in an awkward manner and the wall is right here (laughs) so like it doesn't really work out really well uh but i I hit the ball really well i just it didn't go into the targets as often as i would have uh so you so you were dechambeau then i I was i was knocking the crap out of it It just wasn't going where i wanted to go like i said (laughs) exactly what i was so i don't I, i mean i don't play golf i've never actually been on a golf course and tried to play a game of golf i have been on a golf course and actually tried to play a game of golf just one. i shouldn't have been a good walk spoiled huh yeah i've got clubs <laughs> people ask me all the time do you play golf i said not very often not very well <laughs> so, i think in order to play well you have to have play, to play often. often that's it yeah. that's it that's, it really is yeah. Always called it when I go when I go get to go play and stuff like that. We just call it the Great Easter Egg Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you got a bucket of balls. That's with right. You. Here's my thing: if if I can't be good at it, I don't want to. Do I don't want to do it. And I so, need to be good pretty quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. It, the the learning curve needs to be really short, and I've not found the person that could teach me that quickly. Yeah. So yeah, for for years, the way I kept score was. 
if I found more balls than I lost. <laughs> that I is was ideal. good. So. <laughs> man, I got to go with a sleeve and hope uh, to have one to finish. Yeah, oh, so. man, that's rough. All right. When we come back, we're going to give you Wild and Wacky Wednesday right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. All the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, how close are we, Mo? We're, we're on. on. We're on. We're on the air. That's how close we are. That's that's pretty close. <laughs> it's as close as it's going to get. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, It's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, brought to you by our friends at JJ's Barbecue, and we are so excited uh, to bring you the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. Here. So much excitement. So much excitement. Um, guys, I, y'all know I DJ weddings. Like, it's a thing I do. I've heard. Um, I would have had to take a break at this wedding in China last week. Now, the sourcing on this is sketchy at best. So whether or not this is true, I don't know. But it would be really hard to make this up. A couple was getting married in China, and during the wedding, the groom's mother recognized a unique birthmark on the bride's hand for the first time. The groom's mother then asked the bride if she was adopted. The bride and her family were surprised because, well, that was a secret. You know where I'm going with this? I think I do. Well, it turns out the groom's mother knew because it was her long-lost daughter. Ouch. Mm. So... There will be no wedding today. <laughs> there were a lot of tears, joyful reunions, but it did create a pretty serious problem because now the bride is going to marry her brother. But... Here's the kicker. It turns out the groom also adopted, so there's no blood relation. And since they're not biologically related, they just went ahead with the wedding. (laughs) 
That, that's... I, I, I'll refrain from saying what I started to say. So, <laughs> I mean, I just wonder how how bad it messed up the something about chart. East. I just want to. I wonder how bad it messed up the seating chart at the reception. Yeah, the family yeah. of the bride and the family yeah, of the groom. Like and... That gives a whole new meaning to pick a seat, not a side, because you're loved by both the groom and bride. Oh, <laughs> that is. Uh, well, that's something right there. I I, I don't know if I, I would have had to take a break. I'd have been like, you know what? I, I think we might just need to shut down Wild and Wacky Wednesday right here. That might be it. I, I don't know if you're going to come up with anything close to that for the rest of this segment. I, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, so, remember we had the the issue with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch? <laughs> it hasn't gotten any better. Oh, goodness. A six, More shrimp tails? A six-year-old in Elmo, Montana, was eating a bag of flaming Hot Cheetos, and he found something a little bit different than a flaming Hot Cheeto, although what he found is, let's just say, it could be hot. Um, a bullet. A bullet in the bag of flaming Hot Cheetos. Uh... I don't know if it Gives was... a new meaning to bite the bullet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Freeway says, quote, this situation is highly unusual and troubling. We've already taken... Highly steps. unusual? <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> I really just don't know. I, <laughs> listen... All I'm saying is... How'd it make it through the oven? (laughs) (laughs) This is incredible. Um, It had grooves in it. So it doesn't appear to have been a new bullet. It appears to have been a A used bullet. (laughs) It's Um, highly unusual. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, that's not true. Or not untrue. Um, boy, I'm that's... done. So you took me seriously when I said you couldn't top the Chinese wedding. <laughs> hold my, hold my beer. It's National Beer Day. It is today. It's National Beer Day. In case oh, you weren't aware. Oh, we'll be celebrating that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, oh. So. A guy in Florida was in jail last month, and he was getting out on bond. So what did he do? He took one of the webcams off the computers at the police station and took it with him. And so on Thursday, he was arrested again for theft. Florida man. Florida man. Yeah. Enough said. Uh, I did see a video yesterday of a limousine in Florida hauling a bass boat. A bass boat. <laughs> What's your point? Well, and you know, that's what's so funny is that this lady was like, this is why we get made fun of. And I'm like, no, that's genius. You can take all of your friends in one single ride. Yeah, they don't have to meet you at the dock. You can just pick them up and go. I oh. mean, and think of if you rent a driver, you just get somebody to drive it for you. That's a party. 
That's a party party. Mm. Catch a few fish on the side, you know. That's, that's even better. I, see, and that's the thing. It's, it's a bass boat. It's not really like a party boat. Although every boat's a party boat if you try hard enough. <laughs> it's like every bar's a karaoke bar if you really want it to be. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. yeah. So I don't know, man. I, Florida man, Florida man. It's always fun. Um, April Fools, as we talked about uh, <laughs> last week. Last week. Some people just don't understand it. They just don't get it. Uh, a 57-year-old woman in Ohio thought that an April Fool's joke on her sister would be hilarious, telling her there was an active shooter at her job. So, of course, she was arrested for saying fire in a crowded theater, basically. Um, I, I don't know. I, that's not really wild. It's just dumb. Don't do dumb stuff like that. That's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I, not a lot. Uh, not a lot left. But I do want one one more thing before we get uh, before we get out of here. We don't do politics on this show, but I do want to mention this one thing. I, as most of you know, I am a limited government person, but I'm not a conservative Republican. I'm very for limited government, and this is the reason why. The entire point of escalators is that they do the walking for you. So why do some people feel the need to walk up the elevator, the escalator, right? Well, in Tokyo, Japan, you are now banned from walking on escalators. If you're on an escalator and you walk it, it is a fine, a ticket to walk up escalators. Seems a little much. Seems a little much. This is a little ridiculous. But hey, whatever. Um, that does remind me of my favorite Mitch Hedberg joke. Mm-mm. An escalator can never be broken. It can only become stairs. <laughs> You'll never see a sign that says escalator out of service. It'll just say escalator temporarily stairs. Sorry for the convenience. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's Wild and Wacky Wednesday brought to you by our friends at JJ's Barbecue. Make sure to go check them out at uh, 900 Hatcher Lane in Columbia. Great folks over there, Julie and Destiny and all of the gang. We do love them very much and their barbecue. We are one minute away. What you got? And before we go, goodbye, Keon Johnson. Thanks for your service at the University of Tennessee. Freshman guard from the Webb School over in Bell Buckle has declared for the 2021 NBA draft and will um, retain representation. So, he's gone and won't be back, along with Jaden Springer, who announced about a week and a half ago. If you missed any part of today's show, sm-tnsports.com. The podcast tab is available for you. Make sure to get the drop-down menu, prep sports day, hour two podcast, all available for you. Uh, Also on Facebook. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. on uh, WKOM 101.7 FM. For Coach Mike and Mo Patton, I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.